But he's just a little bit wingy. Wingy. Big shout out to Wingy as well, real hardcore. I like Wingy, posts his predictions and things up. I like Wingy, he's good. I like people like that, a little bit off the cuff. He's just the biggest boxing nut I've ever met. Came to London looking for static and ain't nobody say nothing. And he a chomp. Let's go champ. Have a good day. <laughs> Wingy's Boxing Bites, episode five. You know, I'm sitting here, obviously my pants has as per standard. And um, you have to start off a podcast with a bit of gusto, with a bit of gumph. In fact, it's, it's, it's not actually really, how you say, professional <laughs> to, tell, to, to, to delve into the little behind the scenes. Listen, what I'm trying to say is, listen, what I'm trying to say is I've just literally watched the Billy Joe Saunders fight, all right? So I've still got raw emotions from that. Billy Joe Saunders, he was facing some other, some, 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 some guy you may have heard of, Canelo. So you're coming into this podcast off the back of that. My name is Wingy. These are the things the podcast guys don't reveal to you. Like, I'll tell you, I've got to get this podcast out the door so I can go to work this afternoon. The podcast guys don't tell you that. I've literally just watched Saunders versus Canelo. It is like stupid o'clock in the morning that as I'm recording this, but not as you're listening to this. You're probably listening to this in a day. You might be working out. The point I'm trying to get to is, my name's Wingy, by the way, welcome to the podcast. The point I'm trying to get to is, there's a lot of emotion in my heart right now. A lot of emotion for you. And I feel that, I may be wrong, but I kind of feel that Billy Joe Saunders, this is how we get into the podcast, by the way, guys and girls, we just we just roll. Billy Joe Saunders might get a bit of stick. And I'm going to say it off the bat, unfairly. Welcome to Wingers Boxing Bites Podcast. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I definitely need a gulp of this water, which I should have consumed beforehand. Got to watch me pinging tooth as well on the right. So I kind of tip my head to the left. Some kind of deranged uh, uh, gecko slurping on a bowl of water. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys are safe. Of course, we are off the back of the big Sahul Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders fight. The build-up was immense to this fight. Christ above. It was just immense. So many videos, so much controversy, ring size, and then it all comes down to that moment, doesn't it? I'm sure you guys out there also get those things. Of course you do, right? That's why we love the sport. That's why this is the greatest sport on the planet. Yeah. That's why at the age of like 13, I was like, nah. I'm done with Ultimate Warrior shaking on the ropes like an absolute lunatic. I'm done with Randy, uh, 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 Macho Man Randy Savage. Rest in peace. Oh, yeah, dig it. And I turned to the sport of boxing. Because of nights like this, this was the first big, massive night that I can remember 
feels like in a while where Brits involved in a huge, humongous fight. Then when I'm saying that, I'm thinking there must be some that I've forgotten. But this was big and I could feel the tension as I'm sitting there. Pretty sure Billy Joe was probably feeling that, you know, some some, some of the old... We'll get to the fight. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, of course. I launched Headliners show, by the way, on Boxing King Media. Wingy Boxing Headliners. Make sure you check that out. I was... I'm not going to say talked in. Okay, yeah, I was talked into it by Boxing King Media. They suggested doing it. And it's, in essence, it's just me talking about the headliners of the weekend. So that will be going up at Boxing King Media. Should probably be up by the time you're listening to this. So go and check that out where I will. It's kind of just like a bit more of a concise, try and keep it around 10 minutes breakdown of the of the fights. Of course, I have got to actually get through that video <laughs> without weeping. Because if you are from the old school, and if you're not, welcome. If you're a hater, that's all right. I know I sent you here, trust me. <laughs> Thanks for the views and pro If you're an old schooler, you understand that I get quite emotional at these, you know, these fights, these UK fights. I didn't give Canelo a round against Saunders. I was joking, I did. But I did have it a lot closer. In other words, what I'm trying to say is I, I get emotional about the fights and sometimes I can... This podcast is the best way for me to express that. But in the headline, the show, it's nice and compact, 10 minutes, and you get to see my uh, ageing uh, uh, face as I've affectionately been called a puffer fish. Trust me, I've been called a lot worse than that. So I'll take that. But yeah, we're going to talk about the Saunders fight on this podcast, of course, but check out Wingy Boxing Headliners. Make sure you check that out. The Esports Boxing Club roster. Absolute, complete and utter insanity. Now it's known... To be fair, I don't really know anymore. When I say it's known within the boxing community, I haven't really been in the boxing community for about five, four or five years. Talk about the YouTube boxing community, the YouTube boxing community for about four or five years, so I can't really lie. But it it was known when I was out doing my thing on the old YouTube that I was the gamer, not like, you know, oh, no, a bit of FIFA, a little bit of Madden, NBA. No, no, gamer, nerd. I've got, oh, don't knock them. Like 400 physical games there. I've got all the Sega consoles. I'm a gamer, man. Okay. So esports boxing club's kind of my thing. Do you know what I'm saying? But this roster is crazy. I haven't even got time to read it all out to you, to be honest. We'll be here forever. But this roster is absolutely nuts. Names that stand out. Go on, Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno's standing out. Obviously, Vladimir Klitschko, Butterbeam. Pavetkin's in there, Robert Hellenius, Lucas Brown. I don't even know if this is real. Not because of those names. This just, oh, Esports Boxing Club game is a game by Steel City Interactive. I've done an interview with Ryan Rhodes about it. In fact, I'll shove that, I'll shove that into the interview section. There you go. I thought to myself, bloody, I haven't done many interviews this week. What, what the hell can I shove up there? How can I shove that in? Well, now I know. There you go. I'll, sl- I'll, I'll slide that one in nice and slick-like. 
So check out the interview coming up about this game, which just appeared off the top of my head with Ryan Rhodes that I'd done uh, a good few weeks ago. But we talk about this game in detail. Enzo Macaronelli is there. Lawrence Sokoli, Sergei Kovalev, basically all the contemporary fighters. George Groves, they're all in there, man. This is this can't be real. If you want to see the complete list, <laughs> I would say join the wingy boxing group, but then you might join, you might have a dodgy pitch and I might not let you in. Basically, they're all here. You've even got Ebony Bridges, Shannon Courtney, Heather Hardy, the girls are in there. Barrera, Jack, I love Jack Johnson being in there. Josh Warrington, Kid Galahad. They're all here. Even Adam Hammond, he hasn't even fought yet. Chris Algieri, Josh Taylor. This is crazy. So goes without saying, I'm... You, you can't even, I can't even express how excited I am for the flipping game. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we did announce today in the group that we will be doing a kind of like tournament thing in the group. Might be some prizes given away. Yeah. Okay. You might get to I'll give away a wingy boxing t-shirt, one of my old t-shirts that I've, that I've been wearing covered in kebab juice and BO. So, all right. Only joking, but we'll be, we are going to do like a tournament thing, giveaways and all of that. But yeah, they've updated the roster for that game, so that's great. But this isn't a gaming podcast. Liam Smith, should we say it? We ain't done it for a long time, crew. Shall we do it? Roll it. Rob. Oh, come on. The old school crew now is coming. Robbery! Robbery! Or was it? And that leads us on to the big bite. Yeah? Now... In the previous shows, I've been calling this the topic of the week because I forgot I used to call it the big bite. Nob, innit? I just forgot. In my old podcast, I used to call it the big bite, but I've been calling it topic of the week. It'd be creative, is it? So it's the big bite now, which is essentially topic of the week. And the topic of the week is, are we crying robbery for close fights a little bit too much? Yeah, come on, guys. Come on, let's now. I, I trust me. I've got my scores in the Liam Smith fight, and believe you me, you're going to hear him. Yeah, but are, are we? So we're going to discuss that in the topic of the week because sometimes we get a little bit overexcited, don't we? Yeah. One score the other way, robbery. Well, no. So we're going to discuss that. Jake Paul, what are you doing, mate? Come on. Don't be doing that. When you guys watch the, and hopefully you will, the wingy boxing headline, the show on Boxing King Media, big, sh- big shout out to Boxing King Media. You guys are going to, you're going to see me rocking a, a beanie. Now you're initially going to look at me and think, damn, man, you must be, Rocking that beanie because it looks so stylish, though. Now, I'm rocking the beanie because often, you, 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 us brothers, you, you just don't want, if the hair's not right, I don't got much hair as it is. You, you, you don't really want to be out there looking like a pineapple with sprigs of hair until you shaved it clean. And I don't have time to do it because I've just watched the fight. I'm recording a podcast and I'm rolling straight into the boxing headline. So don't take off his hat, Jake Paul is what I'm trying to say. 
Look at his little face. Look how angry he made his little face because he showed his hair off. What happened was Jake Paul is uh, faced Floyd Mayweather. Not quite sure how that happened. It was supposed to be Logan Paul, wasn't it? Not sure what happened. Anyway, that because Floyd Mayweather was going to be fighting Logan Paul. It's uh, uh it, it, I mean, look, I can't sit here and moan about it. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to. Well, I'm not going to steal it. So I better watch what I'm saying. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Of course. I mean, I have to for the podcast, right? So yeah, Floyd's facing his brother Jake Paul. Not, not in the ring, as in they're just standing there. And Jake Paul takes the hat off Floyd's head. The baseball cap runs off. Uh, I did quite enjoy how Jake Paul was continually saying, I got your hat, I got your hat, I got your hat, as he was being sort of taken down and crushed by the security guards. I got your hat, I got your hat, I got your hat, I got your hat, I got your hat. He was still saying it like a mad malfunctioning robot. It was quite cool, quite funny. Uh, I believe he may have uh, took a little lick as well. So that's a bit of uh, craziness, which has just been all over the YouTube channels that I've been watching, a million clips of it. We've been doing it here at Boxing King Media as well. It's, uh, well, not me, I don't do it, but the, 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 the yeah, big boss uh, enjoys, uh, of course we do, you know, we, we enjoy people looking at the channel. So that's a little bit of madness. And it kind of makes me think, are we going to see Floyd actually go for the KO and make it less, less exhibition-y? Because this is an exhibition fight, right? So I believe it's not on the records. I, I, I don't know. I believe it's not on the records. So it might have been a little pitter patter. Now, the thing is, people are saying, oh, is it staged? I I mean, obviously, they want stuff to happen because it sells the fight. But I do think Floyd is pissed off about the hat. I don't think the hat was planned. Because if you think about Floyd Mayweather and how he is, he's going to want, um, if his hat's going to be taken off, he's going to want a nice shiny, shiny head, isn't he? Let's be fair about this. He wouldn't want his hair in that state. So I, I, I think the actual hat plucking... I think they said, right, let's do something wild. Let's have a bit of a push, but I don't think the hat was planned. I don't, that's just me personally. That's why Floyd seemed a little bit extra peed off. I'm not being brought into the hype. Shall we talk about some quote unquote real boxing? And I ain't saying that disrespectfully because it is going to be an exhibitionist Logan Paul and that, isn't it? We're going to talk about some real boxing, but first let's have a little chat to Ryan Rhodes about this game that I was blabbing on about. And then we'll get to the Canelo versus Saunders card and undercard and Liam Smith versus Magomed Kerbinov. Robbery. If it was interviews. It, it, it's it's fascinating because like get I'm a I'm a hardcore hardcore gamer. I was actually a gamer before I was a boxing fan. I'm really a hard, like? Yeah, I'm a hardcore gamer. So seeing the comments section to this game, uh, I've never seen so much positive reception to a game, especially like a, a, a game in recent memory. Uh, I think a lot of that is because boxing gaming fans have been waiting so long for something like this. I literally, I'm not going to lie to you, I cried glorious tears when I first heard about this game. <laughs> It was beautiful because when I first heard about the game, I, I assumed it was going to be like, you know, this sort of, I'm not sure if you've seen the mobile games and they're sort of like, they're really basic and simple. Yeah. And then when I just saw like that movement of Connor Ben and the footwork, I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, 
I like the granular details, like the career mode and that, and the yeah. injury, the promoter picking, the rematch clauses. Is there anything you can tell us about that sort of career mode that 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 that, that interested you? Um, so basically, I start at the beginning. I, I, I met I met Ash, uh, the director at Steel City Interactive, um, February last year. Um, a good friend of mine is good was is good friends with Ash, and he's been friends with Ash for many many years. So. We, we arranged to, for us to go and have a chat, went up to, to see Ash, sat down, pulled down a, a big projector screen and, and showed me what, what his vision was, what he wanted to create, what he wanted to achieve. And I went away from that meeting just, just honestly, just well, well impressed, well impressed. You know, obviously he told me about, you know, there's not been a game since, since Fight Night 2011. The demand, the what people are, are crying out for is a computer boxing game. Oh, definitely. It was it was only I think the week before Eddie Earn did an interview and said about we need to bring a, a computer game out. Hello fam, what are you saying? Hope you enjoyed that interview. Right. Shall we get onto the cards? Liam Smith versus Magomed. Kerbanov. Now I, so I've, I'm at this difficult balance when it comes to the undercards, right? I don't want to, normally I'm quite nerdy. I like to talk about every aspect of every fight, even the first fights. And I was going to say some people, one person's like, you don't watch those fights, do you? So all, I, all, I, all, all I want to know about is the main fights. But it, we are a boxing, believe it or not hearing me, we are a boxing podcast. So I do like to talk about them. However, because there's no wingies bag this week, because in all honesty, I didn't really have time to do an effective one. I put it up right before Saunders Canelo fight and said, if anybody's got any questions about the Saunders Canelo fight, you've literally got like one second to, to drop them right after the fight. Cause I'm going to be recording after. So basically there's no wingies bag. So we'll go into a little bit more detail with the undercard fights on the uh, Magomed and Smith fight. So starting off, Zafar Papiev going up against Alpha Dagalone. Alpha 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 Dagalone. Excuse me. Flyweights. Papiev one nine knocked up two, lost two. Alpha Dagalone. One fourteen knocked up five, lost four, drawn six. Quiet and cagey first two rounds. I'm noticing. Neither are really opening up. Uh, up. It's it's just kind of like uh, just a quiet round. Now the third round, Papiev lands a counter, like a long left, and the lack of sharpness in their technique actually makes this round a little bit of a shootout because there's more openings. They're not as quick twitch where with their movements, the shots can get through. There's a standing count, uh, standing count for the gay loan. And he, he he manages to fight it out of the round, but doesn't come out for round four. Can't remember the shot which uh, which got him, but it, it, there was a standing count. I believe it was uh, an eye injury why it didn't come out. And this was just as the fight was heating up. Now, listen, listen. Obviously, at the time of watching the fight, I didn't know that the the next day would have a similar eye injury situation in the big fight. 
some may say, well, what about, you know, for example, listen, all I can think of is one, remember, I'm a tubby marshmallow. Yeah, I might have done a little bit of martial arts in the past seven years of it. But I'm a tubby marshmallow, so I'm not going to sit here and go, you should have fought. I ate it when I get a bit of dust in my eye. Oh, fuck me, it's scratching. That hurts, that. So I'm not going to criticise anybody. But the first thing I thought of when looking at that fight was old girl Ebony Bridges and her massive eye. Christ. In fact, I asked her in the interview, <laughs> in the interview that I did for Boxing King Media, how does a human actually go out and take more punishment on that eye. Christ above. What was the surprise of referee? Go on. I keep going back to that. Anyway, this uh, this brother had a, the, uh, his injury. wasn't didn't look as close. Um, I'm not going to say it didn't look as painful because I wasn't there, but didn't look as painful. But regardless, the uh, situation was done with and sorted. That fight was over. Enrico Gug. Gogokia versus Gustavo David Vittori. Gogokia, 112, knocked out seven, lost none. Vittori, 124, knocked out 12, lost seven, drawn one. Junior welterweights. Now, three rounds in, Gogokia's long, easy work is just smooth, jab. He's just been allowed to gauge the range and fight how he feels. Now, Vittori, he's... I'm noticing that he's uh, uh, allowing gaps... And he's not attacking in those gaps in the quiet spots. Gagoka's flurry at the end of round three is impressive as Vittori's on the ropes. Fourth round, a crisp left just spears Vittori, whose nose was already busted up. Then a follow-up right hand kind of just seals it. Vittori's had one or two bursts of punches, but never really sort of... He, 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 didn't, really, he didn't feel comfortable walking into that mid-range, I guess is what I'm sort of thinking what I'm thinking to say, he he wasn't going to out-jab Gogokia, so he needed to get within that sort of middle range and see what work he could do there. But even once he got in there, he he wasn't comfortable. Gogokia, not forced to be really pushed out of first gear, in all honesty. And that's the deal with that particular fight. Evgeny Lyashkov going up against Mohamed Shekov. Let's talk about this one. Lyashkov, 1-8, knocked out two, lost one. Shekov, 1-8, knocked out three, lost none, drawn one. Junior, featherweights in the building. A fun fight. Fun fight. I, I like the jealous styles in this one. Lyashkov is the attacker, consistent like forward movement with tight hooks. Shakov is engaging on the inside as well in the, second, in the second round here. Now, the third round, both are very confident of their own power, stepping forward and throwing, throwing with almost no regard for uh, defence at spots, which is great to watch when, when, you know, when you're watching it. Shakov, he's, uh, he's using bouncing footwork this round. I, I think it's too moderate to sort of high, high uh, like moderate to high success. And I think the reset is making Lyashkov reach a little bit. Seventh round, Shakov is getting through with like a wide, like wide overhand lefts, and Lyashkov's looking a little bit shaky this round, possibly due to the pace. Ninth round, Shakov is like popping in and out, light on his feet. Good, good round for him. Lyashkov is not as 
it looks like it doesn't have as much in the tank. 96, 94, Lyashkov, my card. Shakov left it a little bit too late. But it's quite an enjoyable fight, especially early on. Right. And we have the Eduard Skavinsky, 113, not at seven, lost none, going up against Joel Julio. 139, knocked out three, lost five there. Let's talk about the fight. Skavinsky, now two rounds in, he's walking Julio down. Kind of like the Terminator, he's just got this upright sort of style, no nonsense. Lovely, lovely left hook from Skavinsky in the second. Julio circling and standing on the outside, just popping out the jab, boxing, a lot of movement while Skavinsky is trying to walk him down. End of the fourth, Julio stepping forward a little bit more instead of just that light peppering from the outside. So he's feeling a little bit of confidence, trying to see what he can do within um, sort of danger range, so to speak. But Skavinsky's no-nonsense style is more... It's just more clinical and thudding. and it's, it's more basic but effective. And just when Julio's boxing well, boom, he's dropped by a cold, cold left hook. Julio almost knocks out the flipping ring, to be fair. Makes it back up. Seventh round, Julio is using the jab, moving on the inside well, but I can't score shots that aren't really landing. And we're going to get into this scoring situation and debate in a minute. I think the three or four blows from Stavinsky is probably enough for him to take that sort of round. I would have loved to have seen... Savinsky closed the gap a little bit more, perhaps cut the ring off, use some angles to try and stifle that circling and getting out of range from Julio instead of hands down and just sort of following Julio around. But still, you know, lock decided Skavinsky win and a UD on my card. You can't really complain at it, can you? Is that everybody done? I think that is everybody done. Everybody is sorted there. Everybody's happy. Everybody's smiling. Except Liam Williams. And uh, Liam Smith, sorry, come on. I interviewed Liam Williams a lot last week. That ain't my fault. No disrespect, brothers. Liam Smith, 129, knocked out 16, lost two, drawn one. Got up against Magomed Kurbanov, 121, knocked out 13, lost none. Super welterweight, WBO, international belt on the line. Now, with that belt, of course, comes the second place uh, ranking with the WBO, so... It is a kind of important one to shut up. Let's talk about the fight. Now, Smith, he, to me, he's looking more solid in the opening round. He's edging inside. Kerbinov is a little more slick. I was saying quite much slick style. Now, I was watching it and I was thinking, looks like he's watched a little bit of Mayweather, but I'm not going to say that out loud on a podcast. People think I'm a bloody idiot. And then several people said to me, um, he's a Russian Mayweather. So, okay, it's not just me being a bloody idiot. <laughs> Round three, we see what the style gel is really now. Like, Smith's getting countered now and then. And he's managing to sort of, how, how can I put it? Break through Kerbinov's sort of uh, shell, so to speak. Liam's landing a straight right hand in his third round. Kerbinov's a little bit quicker to the punches, I feel, possibly. Possibly <clears throat> at point, but quicker to the punches doesn't necessarily mean he's having the more effective punches or the bigger blows. And that's where the debate and the upset, I believe, uh, comes in this fight. Round four and five, both for letting off good shots. Liam's work, uh, Liam work, Liam's work, especially in the fifth. 
it's, it's just a little bit more decisive. Now, Smith's hurt by a left and a right hand. Just as I thought Kerbalov looked a little negative in this sixth round, boom, like I said, he gets hurt by that left and right. <coughs> Excuse me. Seventh is competitive. I took an overexcited in, intake of uh, the air there. <coughs> uh, seventh, it's competitive, but Smith's work lands more conclusively for me. Ninth round, clearly in Smith round, and he needed it. He needed it to tip the momentum back uh, 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 back in his favour when the rounds were looking close. He needed to make that mark. Now, Kerbinov seemed to be getting outboxed this round. He seemed a little bit lost. Liam's caught at the end of the 10th, both ripping in big blows, and Kerbinov's tired. And those two punches at the end for Kerbinov were of a good enough clear quality that he could have edged that round to him. The 11th, Kerbinov's open to trades. He's working well in the counter opportunities that are presenting themselves when Liam's missing. It's like Liam, Liam's work is a, a little bit more methodical and often off the back of that with Kerbinov's superior movement, there's sort of gaps, vacuums and boom, boom, boom. Kerbinov slipping in there and letting off some quick counters in that 11th. Both, both guys are beckoning the other on in the 12th round, both just standing and trading. It's a lot of fun. Machismo banging on the chest and all of that. Really good stuff. Really fun. They're both tired, you can see it, but really good raw throwing, good punches. Liam has the better of the 12th. Just, but has the better of the 12th. I like how Kerbinov was willing to stand and bang, and when he got too tired for that slick style to carry him through in the first maybe five rounds, and once that uh, the shape of his boxing wilted a little bit, he wasn't doing that slickness, he was still willing to stand and trade raw, if you get what I'm saying. Banging his chest, take taking shots. I like that. I like watching that in the fire. So it's not just relying on the snicklet, slickness. <laughs> not just relying on that sort of shoulder rolling. I'm not a big fan of other fighters doing that. I wasn't a massive fan of Floyd doing it, especially towards the latter end of his career. But fighters doing that shoulder roll and still getting it. <laughs> Boom. Oh, there goes the head. I'm rolling. No. Yeah, but that's being scored. You've... Close fight close fight only a few of the rounds were decisive for me I've got to be honest and I'll be honest as well I did watch it twice which judges don't have the benefit of doing first time I watched it for the first four rounds I had my son running around my ankles while I was on the laptop in the bloody kitchen because <laughs> it started a little bit earlier than I was expecting so I went back and scored it properly because that's something we've got to take into account when it comes to scoring which we'll, we'll get to that in a big bite but yeah it, even when they were both sort of you know trading Liam's power it, it, it you can see it was solid but I don't think it affected Kerbinov as much as I was expecting one judge I did 115 113 another judge I did 115 113 another judge I did 117 112 they had it all to Magomed first time around watching it I had it a draw but I didn't use a scorecard as I said after my son mucking me around for the first four god love him uh, for the first four rounds I thought, okay, I can't really score this live. Let me go back and watch it. Watched it the next day, and I had it 115-113 to Liam. Was it a robbery? Well, we're going to get to that in the big bite, and we will discuss it. We'll discuss it. Okay, let's get to the Saul Canelo Alvarez. Saul Canelo, Saul Canelo Alvarez card and Billy Joe Saunders. Let's get to it. What we're looking like for time. You know, we don't like to keep it too long. Oh, we're all right. Yeah, we've got a little bit of time to rock and roll. Have a little bit of a party. It's sweet. 
It's all sweet. It's all sweet. Right, let's start. Frank Sanchez going up against Nagy Aguilera, heavyweights. This is the Cuban which Team Canelo are excited about, and I believe he uh, trains with them as well. So 117, knocked out 13, lost none. Got up against Nagy Aguilera. Old school lot, no old Nagy. Been doing it for a while, and he shout out to Nagy, mate. What's going on, Nags? The Nagster, Nagmeister, Nagmeister Generals. Oh, let's have a water for Nagy. Oh, good lad. I know. You listen to Wingy's boxing bias. Come on, man. You. Frank, 117, not see, my dodgy tooth is twinging now. Didn't tip me head to the left like a lizard. Frank Sanchez, 117, knocked out 13, lost none. Got up against Nagy Aguilera, 121, knocked out 14, lost 10 heavyweights. Nice jab, sharp and composed from Sanchez, three rounds in, looking good, looking cool. Cuban fundamentals, everything you need to see. Yeah, man, he can box, looks good. Round three, Nagy complains, gets it. And in the middle of the, 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 the complaint, he gets popped. And that does actually rile him up in that third round and he starts attacking Sanchez and gets a bit of spite about him. And that actual incident could have contributed to what happens at the end where Nagy's like, you know what? Good Cuban fundamentals, like I said, from Sanchez. He's just... He, 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 he just pulls that right hand over and lovely when he's, when he's throwing it. It's just beautiful. Just beautiful. Tidy, economical, using a jab, moving, moving in and out in this fifth round. Especially after Nagy Aguilera looks like he's here to stay. You can see the reliance on that right hand early, that the big shot in the first three rounds, looking for an early blast out, is like, right, okay. He settled into it like, okay, this veteran has got past that early danger stage that is often there for a lot of these veterans. And now he's just going to um, survive, so to speak. Sanchez lands a grazing shot around the back of Nagy's sort of head and shoulder. It's a bit of a delayed reaction. And then Nagy sort of drops. Now, first first, in, first uh, visions I had was, oh, Bernard Hopkins. Was it a Chad Dawson fight, wasn't it? Where it's like, oh, man. It wasn't the same shot, but the kind of, you know, the whole drama around it all. But again, as I always say, I'm not in there, but I don't know, man. Anyway, Nagy drops to the floor and he makes it very clear that this should be a disqualification. It's the politest way I can put it. There's a big, big fuss in the ring and it ends with effectively a accidental foul. Goes to the scorecards. Sanchez gets the win anyway. Now, Sanchez switched the game plan up when the first round blowout didn't happen, which I quite enjoyed. I also liked how Sanchez still remained patient. He was still trying to set stuff up as opposed to bang, bang, being a big heavyweight, as we've seen with some of the less ex lesser experienced heavyweights coming through where they'll want to get a fighter of Nagy Aguilera's uh, experience and um, ring maturity out of there quickly. Sanchez was still working behind the basics to jab and letting the shots go. I quite liked it. Accidental scorecard, Sanchez UD. All right. Kieran Conway versus 
Oh, now, this is interesting. This is very interesting. See, this actual fight as well is... I mentioned this in the big bite coming up. So make sure you sit back and listen. Kieran Conway going up against Solomon Sissoko. Kieran, 116, knocked out three, lost one, drawn one. Sissoko, 112, knocked out eight, lost none, drawn none. I've seen Sissoko quite a few times on um, matchroom cards, I believe. I remember them every time going, oh, he's really well educated. He's so educated well. Oh, he's well educated for a black man, really educated. He's educated. Can you believe that? Can't believe he's educated. Look, let's not get r- racialist, all right? I'm having a joke. It's the way boxing bites. Lovely snapping jab from Sissoko, popping out. The size difference from the first round, you can see it is very, very prominent. Conway's a much taller man. Uh, Sissoko's just like beautiful to watch, though. Very, very um, polished, is the word I, I guess you'd use. Just working out what Conway will offer. Teasing long range shots, uh, shots as we go into the fourth. Four rounds in, Conway can't close the distance. He's allowing Sissoko to sort of debate the pace. Sissoko's boxing, sticking as he's sticking and moving as he pleases almost. In the six rounds, a lovely, crispy combination from Sissoko. But I'd love to see him up the pace a little bit. Just, just you know, show us a little bit more. He could, you get a feeling he could force something. Conway can't get Sissoko to trade as well at mid range. And Conway earlier on looked like he could throw decent artillery back. But as the fight's gone on, he hasn't been given a chance to do so so far. Now, at the beginning of the night, is it the beginning of the round? I think it is, yeah. Uh, a ninth, ra- a ninth in the beginning of the ninth, an uppercut, it's like boom, but I think it's two uppercuts. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Boom, boom, turns to Soko, cracks him, and he just makes, he, he just about makes the count, but that one hurt. Another situation to the eyeball going on here is the eyeball weekend. Conway let him off the hook, though. He didn't capitalise. Sissoko did make it up, just about made the count. That could have been a quite that could have been quite a dramatic because Sissoko was the favourite going in. High hopes. All these big names behind him, back by all these big names and whatnot. And he's very, very good. He boxes beautifully. That could have been quite controversial. Uh, outside of that knockdown, Sissoko was in control. The the um uppercut to the eye clearly, clearly hurt. But he got up, got the win. And Sissoko is just a joy to watch as he flows. You know, Conway just faced a bad style for him and didn't really take advantage of the knockdown. Now, the scorecards here were atrocious. The one judge, I believe one judge at 97 92 for Conway. Another judge at 96 93 for Sissoko. Another judge at 95 94 for Sissoko. I had it 98 91. Did I factor in the knockdown there? We bloody. Bloody double check here. You bloody double check. We're all right. Don't worry about it. I've got me a little lap here. Yeah, factored in the lockdown in round nine. I did 98-91 to Sissoko. I mean, oh, I don't know. We're discussing this in a big bite. It's getting ridiculous, this score stuff. It really is. Edwin Soto, check me on being fucking flipping aisles. Edwin Soto versus Katsunari Takayama. Uh, this is a, this was a, this was another strange one. Another strange one. Uh, Soto, 118, not to have lost one. Uh, fan, fans of the little guys all know Takiyama has been doing it. Bit of a Japanese legend. 132, knocked out to have lost eight. Light flyweight. 
Round one starts off with a confident move in Takayama. And then Soto lands and it, I'm not going to say it wobbles Takayama, but you know when a fighter looks, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, it's the only word I can think of, my limited vocab, looks fragile. It's like he doesn't respond well to it. But as we see, it's just his natural way. Uh, especially he's had a lot, uh, uh, had an extended break. Come out of retirement for this fight, was he 37? So, you know, round two, Soto can't seem to miss so far, but I overhand right. Just throwing it, like, sort of throws it out of that like turtle-like stance. Left hook, body, boom, then then to the head. And Takiyako, um, sorry, uh, Takiyama's not taking that. Just not taking the punch as well. Third one, Takayama's on his toes and putting strings of shots together a lot better. Soto's confident of his power from round one. Decent success. Sixth round, Takayama's boxing well. Showboating. You know, it, and this is where we get into the scoring thing. So for me, the shots aren't landing clean, but it's decent volume and he's doing work. And it's a good pace. But then Soto's got the bigger, more chunkier shots. It just doesn't take the punches too well. The scoring debate will go on. This, this for me, is a kind of what you like type of fight. I mean, Taka is landing with a lot on the gloves. And I don't really score those shots, if I'm being honest, unless there's nothing else to score, if that makes sense. But if a fighter's landing clean shots as opposed to shots that are grazing off the gloves, I'll land the clean shots. But the stoppage was terrible in the ninth round. Takayama was caught. He took a few shots, but I might need to watch it again. But my first impression was that was a horrible stoppage. I'll probably need to watch it again. I didn't see anything different. He didn't seem, he seemed the same as he was all the other rounds. I didn't see anything to make the referee jump in there. Now, Carl Frotch, shout out to the Cobra, did say that it was a compassionate stoppage, but nah, I don't know about that. I would need to rewatch really that. For me, he was throwing. I don't know. I don't know. And of course, the big one, Sahul Canelo Alvarez got up against Billy Joe Saunders. Sahul, 155, knocked out 37, lost one, drawn two. Saunders, 130, knocked out 14, lost none. Super middleweights. This is for all the belts, except Caleb Plant's belt. Okay. How nervous was she before this fight started? Bloody hell. Now the first, it's a close first round. Canelo's left hook. It's trying to limit Billy's circling. Billy's popping like the lighter jab sort of uh, down the middle, in the middle of this round. There's no charge in aggression from Canelo. As I said to people, he's he's not, you know, he's not Lemieux. Lemieux was aggressive, but didn't have the refinement to the aggression. Big single power shots landing from Canelo as a, uh, in, in, this, in this second round. Round three, now I like Saunders' work. Now I'm not sure, no, no, I'll come back to that in a minute. I like Saunders' work. There's no running, he's just boxing in front of Canelo in spots and moving intelligently. But there's just that those harder thuds from Canelo. In some cases, that ain't enough for me when Billy's boxing more. But in my head, I'm thinking, I know what the judges are scoring it. And as we saw at the end, we've got the judges' scorecards. Just harder single thuds from Canelo. Round four. Oh, my voice is going. I need the water then. That's the nerves. Should never do the um, lid up. Then you've got to open it. That's my tip for life, isn't it? Oh, 
Some people may say, why don't you cut that bit out of the bloody podcast? Because we're live, raw and uncut. Brutal raw. Yeah, Billy, so Billy's still moving in the fourth round, trying to, just trying to like slip out of range. In the fifth round, uh, I think that's Billy's best, best round of fifth. The double jab pops Canelo and the slashing left catches Canelo around the face. Low hands from Saunders. He's feeling confident. Six round. Saunders is in a real groove now, nice and loose. And he's even risking quick counters right on the inside at that danger zone. Eighth round. It's Canelo's best round easily. First in a few for me. It's the first round in a few for me that I thought that I thought he'd done well in. Saunders. Uh, Saunders is hurt by a big uppercut to the eye uh, and to the cheekbone. We, we later discovered that's what we think it is. That has him hurt and backing up. Now, when Saunders takes that shot, you, you can see, oh, yeah, he's hurt. He's focusing more on defence and offence. Trying to see the round out and then he'll come out for the next one. But there's almost like a stunned... I'm not going to say there was a stunned silence. There obviously wasn't. But in, in my front room, there was a stunned silence like, Oh, shit, it hasn't come out. And that's when you have to give yourself a kick and reset what these fighters are doing for our entertainment. It's easy. And you know people are going to say, quit, he quit. It's easy for us to sit, sit here saying that while we're eating a kebab or having a bag of butter kiss popcorn while watching the fight. But if your eyeball's about to burst into like a grape, you might be thinking, do you know what? To be fair, isn't it? He had some issue with his eye regardless. Doesn't come out for the ninth round. Saunders retires on his stall. <sighs> Man. See, for me, what was frustrating about that as a fan watching is that I had it 76-76 when everything was said and done, like up to that point. So, yeah, I, I, that's where I had it. But, of course... The judges are different. The judges had it. One uh, one judge had it 78-74. Another had it 77-75. Another judge had it 78-74. And they all had it to Canelo. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, it's not too much of a, I don't know. Saunders was boxing. Oh, listen to the resignation. Come on, Daniel, lift it up. Saunders was boxing well. And you can see the confidence in his movement slipping in and out and on the inside. But that's it. His t- title was taken. Caleb Plant. I think uh, old, uh, old Canelo's coming for you next, uh, good brother. So, but Saunders... Probably discuss more about Saunders in the boxing headliners because we haven't got that much longer to go. Have we? How long have we got here? We've got about 15 minutes. God, I do blabber on in it. Right, let's get to the big bite. The big bite for this week, which is essentially the topic of the week. Are we crying robbery for close fights too much? Like, what? I've only been doing a podcast since coming back, like, what, four shows, five shows? And already I've heard about three or four robberies on, on the cards. 
come on, guys. We can't keep... Can we keep saying robbery if it's a close fight? So the Conway Sissoko fight that I was mentioning, that, that, that I was talking about, that's the one that made me think, now that could have been a robbery. That shouldn't have even been close. Yes, there was the knockdown. And this isn't a diss to Conway, but it shouldn't have been that close, should it? At that point. And that was sheerly off the back of judges not liking boxing and moving away and evading. To me, that judge should be looked at. You scored it to Conway. Surely. Let me know. Let me know if I'm wrong. Please email me, wingy at email.com or go to the wingy boxing group. I just thought that was ridiculous. So if that would have been called for Conway, that is a robbery. Classic. That's what I always say. Sissoko literally controlled every round except the one he got knocked down in. And even that round when he got back up and the next round he got back to controlling it. That's unbelievable. Moving and boxing skills are actually being punished. So in another life, another universe, Sonny Edwards would have lost that fight against Mithilani. And I had it, I had Edwards, I think I gave Mithilani, what, two rounds? But do you get what I'm saying? Going by how these judges are going, that is the type of performance what Sonny done where they wouldn't score the shot, where they wouldn't score it. You can hear me voice, but you know what I mean? That is a robbery. Now, Smith versus Kerbinov, the thing is with that fight, a lot of the rounds were tight. And you've got to remember what you're seeing at the beginning of the round. If Kerbinov starts off, lands two, three good jabs within the first 10 seconds, then you forget about that what he's done. And then Smith lands some good shots. You'll think, oh, Smith's the only one that's done it. Because you forgot. You have to remember all three minutes of the round. You do know that, don't you? When you're not talking to you. Talking about some people. Not you listening, but some people. They're like They do know that, right? You have to sort of score the entire three minutes of the round, not just... And that's why I think people are getting confused. Especially in the Kerbinoff fight. When, when there's tight rounds in a fight, I wouldn't call an end result a robbery, if that makes sense. When there's tight rounds within a fight over the course of 12 rounds or 10, 8 rounds... When the rounds are tight, each of the rounds, it's difficult to call it a robbery. It might look like a robbery on the actual scorecards, but when the rounds are tight, it might necessarily not be a robbery. Do you get what I'm trying to say? The scorecards might make it look worse. In the case of Conway Sissoko, no way. Could, could, could you even call that, in my opinion? And like I said, a lot of the time, what we call robbery, we're not focusing on scoring. You know, sometimes you've got the mates around, you've got the popcorn out, you've got the pay-per-view, you've had a few. We're not scoring in detail. Some of us are. I have to for the pod. Hence, if I'm unsure about something, like with this fight, I'll go back and watch it again and score it again. But it's like the more we cry robbery for close fights, the more the real robberies may have less impact. There'll be less outcry. They're slightly to 
cause a penalisation of judges because, you know, because we're always crying robbery, even for close fights. I had Smith winning against Kerbinov by two rounds. Could I argue the other way? Uh, I guess so. Or should I say I could understand if people done that? It wouldn't be right, but I could understand if they made that. They weren't focusing 100. It's it was easier to not focus 100 on the entire rounds in that particular fight. If you understand what I'm saying, because sometimes the action was very close. Distinction between a robbery and a close round, uh, or should I say, and a close fight. We need to really make that distinction, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do a part two of this because we ain't got much bloody time left, have we? Waffling on like a lunatic. Right, there's no wingy's bag. Didn't have time to really read any questions, to be honest. Like I said at the beginning, we've got to move quick here. We had to move quick. So let's get to the news. And yeah, let's do it. All right, what have we got? That's the good thing. When you're in a takeaway, impressing your... uh, entertainment for the night you know and you're waiting for the food to be cooked socially distanced you might be thinking oh, I wish I could have some bloody boxing news what's going on where'd I go to Michael Benson boxing scene forget it wing is boxing by its podcast I've got you get the best bits of news and shove it in a pit of bread for you alright so Right, what have we got here? Big shout out to World Boxing News. Tyson Fury tells Eddie Earn to his face what punch ends Anthony Joshua. Oh yeah, listen to that. It was it, to be fair, it was really good. Um, Eddie Hearn's podcast, no passion, no point. First of all, Eddie, I do like you, mate, but bog, bog off, man. Leave, let us have some something. God, now you're taking over the podcast. How much bloody money do you want? Leave us, leave the fucking podcast alone. Let us do them. Anyway, he's uh, Fury in the podcast. It was good. I'm not going to lie. The reason why it was good, because there was a little bit of tension between Tyson Fury telling Eddie to his face that (laughs) AJ's a dos or whatever it was he was saying and laying out exactly how he's going to beat him. And to hear Eddie say back to him, I think he's going to stop you in nine rounds to Tyson Fury's face. It's quite entertaining. I did, I've got to admit, I did enjoy it. Fury said, AJ couldn't lace my boots. I know you're his promoter and you have to say this, that AJ will win. You took an amateur boxer and made him into a superstar and a finished article. It's just a shame that he has to be in the same ring as the Gypsy King. As I said, I was going to knock Wild out and I did. I'm going to say it here again. I'll cut Anthony Joshua down like a hot knife through cheese. That's how easy it's going to be when Joshua gets cracked with all the muscles right in the jaw, he will go. Please go to World Boxing News to check out the rest of that article. Or they 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 got it from the Eddie Hearn podcast. Check out the Eddie Hearn podcast, Tyson Fury and Sahul Canelo Alvarez. And of course, while I remember at the end of the Alvarez fight, Eddie Hearn did say good news next week. So we know finally it's going to be announced, hopefully. I mean, he said it at the show, surely. Surely, 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 surely. Uh, well, shout out to World Boxing News. Yeah, we already spoke about that one with um, Floyd Mayweather having his hat pulled off and everyone could see it mop. Eubanks promoter 
Eubanks promoter Kyla Sowland says win or lose. Billy Joe Saunders would be a big fight with Chris Eubank Jr. Now, I hope it happens because I remember watching Chris Eubank Jr. interview. Can't remember who it was. Might have been um, behind the gloves with uh, the dreamy Michelle. <laughs> Lovely lady she is. Met her once. Uh, and stupid. Sorry, I apologise. Just being silly. And in that interview, Saunders was already saying, oh, Billy Joe's going to come begging back for a fight with me. Um, and I thought, oh, don't, don't say too shush, Chris. Don't, don't, don't say too much. We want the fight. Would it still be a good fight? Oh, shall I get to the actual article piece? Uh, Callis Allen said, win or lose, both Canella and Billy Joe Saunders are potential targets. Billy Joe, there's a big history there between the pair of them. It's a stadium filler. It's a massive fight, win or lose, for Billy Joe at the weekend. That's a huge fight out there, and I'm sure it's one that will happen. It's a question of, of course, when. Of course, Canelo as well. If you look to Canelo and Triple G, we probably want to go down the Triple G route first because we do see ourselves at 160 middleweight at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great fight, Saunders and Eubank. Both have, both have improved, more so probably Eubank because Saunders was already at a very competent level. It wasn't even back then. It'd be a great fight. And we've seen in this Canelo fight, the Saunders... It's extremely capable. We saw that, right? Except obviously with the ice situation. But like I said, I had it even up to that point. Great fight. Uh, that was Boxing Scene. Shout out to Boxing Scene for that one. Did I give them credit? I can't remember if I did or not. So the correct thing to do is go back and give them credit. Who was that particular article? That was by Boxing Scene staff. Shout out to them. What else we got here? Den- oh, yeah. Check out BritishBoxingNews.co.uk. Read the Denzel Bentley talks frankly about taking his first loss. Great website, British Boxing News. Really good. I really enjoy it. Good YouTube channel as well. Uh, go and check that out. Really good read. Another one from British Boxing News as well. Of course, this news. I did. I actually saw this news elsewhere. Terry Harper withdraws from the Hayumi Choi unification fight, which bumps up the Joshua Boazzi fight to the top of the bill now, I believe. And Felix Videjo, oh, this one was horrible, this story. Oh, God, didn't really want to... Let's, a grand jurist formally indicted Felix Videjo and an accomplice with federal crimes that makes the forthcoming case eligible for the death penalty. The verdict was turned in during a grand jury hearing held Thursday at a federal courthouse in San Juan, Puerto Rico. It comes four days after Videjo surrendered to authorities after an arrest warrant was issued for his arrest surrounding the murder of... Keisha Marlon Rodriguez Ortiz, with whom the 27-year-old boxer had a year-long, a uh, years-long love affair. Uh, yeah, he was said to have done some pretty vile stuff to her, and obviously resulting in her death. So we'll see how that one plays out. I remember Vadeo back in the day; people were raving about Vadeo, and then he kind of just didn't really live up to it. But oh god, horrible, 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 horrible. Okay, Jake Paul, very soon I'll expose I'll expose Tommy Fury as a terrible fighter. I like the sound of that. Not necessarily exposing Tommy Fury as a terrible fighter. I just like the sound, I just like the sound of Jake Paul making noise about the fight, if you get what I'm saying. YouTube star is apparently still uh, shout out to boxing scene. YouTube star is apparently still very much interested in the clash of undefeated prospect Tommy Fury, five, uh, four, and oh. 
who is the younger brother, uh, one five, not top four, lost none, who is the younger brother of WBC heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, of course. Paul, 24, secured his third win as a pro boxer last month with the first round knockout of MMA veteran Ben Askren. He said, I think we will see it soon, Paul told the son. I want to make fights happen and make history. And Tommy Fury is a spoon-fed reality TV star who's lived in his brother's shadow this whole entire time. I'm going to expose him as a terrible fighter very soon, very soon. Man, this is fun. I'm just having fun. And there's so many people to fight. There's a long list and it just keeps getting longer. Well, that's good news, isn't it? Now, that that is a fight which I genuinely want to see. I do want to see it. Because there's interest around uh, Paul... Jake Paul. And while I couldn't assess his boxing uh, acumen, so to speak, from the Askin fight, Askren fight, or the previous fight, Nate Robinson, the basketball guy, because those two didn't offer him anything. We got to saw a little tease of it in the first fight. We saw him working behind the jab when he fought against that YouTuber who really wasn't of a good level. But we got to see a little bit of it. The way he his stance, the way he throws his punch, the way he... Uh, torpedoes out the right hand. All looks decent. All looks like he can box, right? No? We don't really know, do we? So Tommy Fury, on paper, should go in there and starch him. That's why I like the fight. Let's see what happens. If that result doesn't happen, then Christ above. Oscar De La Hoya has confirmed he's discussing a deal to take Golden Boy uh, stable from the zone to Triller. Crazy, man crazy thriller is the event which put you know with snoop doggy dog swearing and al bernstein having a bit of the old superman sauce and and oscar de la hoya which you guys may have noticed i didn't actually comment on it i didn't comment on it go back from my podcast oscar de la hoya having a lot of fun people were enjoying it laughing <laughs> look at him oh it's so funny then realizing oh this is actually something of a drug problem like people forgot so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna stay out of that i'm gonna stay out of it uh, it's reported Golden Boy's current pact with the zone is set to expire at the end of this year and a multi-year nine-figure thriller deal is being explored. Wow. Of course, Sahul Canelo Alvarez has not been there for a while at Golden Boy, so but he still does have some names there, of course. Next weekend's fights. Let's do it! May the 15th, Showtime, Lewis Neri versus Brandon Figueroa. 12th round for Neri's WBC junior featherweight title. Daniel Roman versus Ricardo Espinosa Franco. 10 rounds junior featherweights. Xavier Martin versus Abraham Montoya. 12 round junior lightweights. Manchester, England. Terry Harper fight is now off, as I mentioned earlier, against Hyun Mi Choi for Harper's WBC and Choi's WBA women's junior lightweight titles. That is now off due to, I think it was... I want to say hand injury for Terry Harper. So Joshua Buatzi versus Daniel Dos Santos has been yep, moved up. Dos Santos is 115, knocked out eight, lost none. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I like to think I'm honest. I don't know much about Dos Santos at all. Um, have I seen him fight? I don't even remember seeing him fight. Normally when I see a name, I recognize it. Like, oh yeah, yeah. you know, if it's a name that is not that prominent. I can see a name and think, yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. I, I remember him, but I don't remember seeing this guy fight. So I'm going to have to have a look at his, uh, what, you know, what he's about. Got up against Joshua Boatsy. Boatsy obviously moved over to America, working with the Mayweathers, doing lots of 
stuff over there. He's working with Mayweather, isn't he? I think so, yeah. Doing lots of stuff over there. I mean, Boaz is a crazy talent. Interviewed him uh, on IFL. Really, really great, great dude. And um, just can't wait to see where he goes. The whole COVID thing, I'm not going to say it. Well, I mean, it's stalled everybody's career, didn't it? So let's see. To be, I'll be honest with you, I didn't mean to look into why Boatsis have made these big changes and gone over there. But I haven't had time to check out any of his interviews or, or, or read anything on why he's gone over there. But regardless, he's topping that bill. So we get to see him fight. I guess that's the most important thing, isn't it? Uh, Lorraine Richards versus Javante Di Carlos is also on that card. 12 rounds for the vacant European super middleweight title. Tommy McCarthy versus Alexander Jur, 12 rounds for McCarthy's European cruiserweight title. Okay. Uh, Kamal Yafai versus Jason Cunningham, 12 round for Yafai's European Junior Featherweight title. Dalton Smith versus Lee Appleyard, 10 rounds for the vacant Commonwealth Junior Workweight title. There's some good fights, actually, those ones. And uh, I believe that is it, but I do my, I always do that thing, don't I? I've like, I think I've forgotten something. I swear I've forgotten a card. I never actually do, but I know I'm going to have forgotten something. I just feel like I've forgotten a card. I always feel like that. Can you imagine it? I forgot a big card. If I did, forgive me. If it was a massive card, I forget. I don't know. Just do another bonus little mini podcast talking about the card, then run away. Big shout out to my Patreon supporters. You guys have got my back. Thank you so much for believing in me. And thank you for giving me your support and your backing. Jamie W, super supporter, original G. Scott S, man. I see you with the upgrade. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Jamie, I think I'll just wake my wife up. I can hear her staring upstairs now because I'm screaming like a lunatic. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm at the Sky Sports studio recording this podcast. Sorry. Shout out to Scott S. Shout out to Jamie W. Kebab champion, Rory M. Rory, mate. If I see you, I hope you let me hug ya. I wouldn't. Thank you so much for your support, guys. I really appreciate it. And all you guys at the supporter level, thank you as well. Honestly, it means a lot, man, because you guys are... It, don't don't get me going. Thank you for supporting me on Patreon. Wingies Boxing Bites podcast, remember, it's available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all your podcast services. Please rate us five stars. Please spread the word. Please read the dope review. Um, if you can, if you leave me a five-star dope review, take a picture of it because I don't have an Apple device. <laughs> take a picture of it. Email me wingy at email.com and I will read your review out. Thank you very much. Please do the business and give me that five stars. I appreciate it. Please support the Patreon for as little as one pound. Higher tier benefits include the exclusive After Dark podcast, man. I think we've got, have we got three After Dark podcasts up there now. I think we might have or another one coming very soon that's a twice monthly bonus podcast at least 25 minutes long where i talk about boxing stuff but also other stuff life and it's stuff which i can't really talk about publicly boxing wise if you've got what i mean certain things that have happened how i really feel about certain fighters where sometimes i've got you sometimes you gotta be a little bit you gotta be a little bit commercial you know you're not going to be interviewing fighters if you're saying, oh, I don't think I like that when you've done that. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get these interviews out here. I'm trying to eat. I'm clearly wasting away. But you'll find all of the real raw thoughts on the After Dark podcast. Please check that out on the tier as well. Um, loads of stuff. I plan to do exclusive video interviews as well. So when I interview fighters for my boxing podcast, Boxing Bites, as opposed to Bot Thinking Media, there will only be audio. 
But if you're at a certain tier, you will see the video version as well. But that's not every month. Uh, it depends when I can get people. At the moment, I need your support. I need you guys to like, and I need you guys to spread the word about the podcast to get the word out there. And then uh, the more bigger it gets, the more people are like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hopefully. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, archive of the no longer available UK Wing Chun student videos. I put quite a few of them up there. I put my prediction for Saunders versus David Lemieux. That was interesting to go back and listen to that, what, four or five years ago? That is just the only place you can hear it. All of the old UK Wing Chun student stuff that people like from back in the day as well up there at the Patreon. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. And archives of the podcast. Loads of stuff, loads of stuff. Please support the Patreon if you can. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I think that's pretty much it. We've gone over. I know we've gone over. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. Six minutes. Gone over again. More bonus times. Me yakking on, isn't it? Billy Joe Saunders, keep your head up. You'll come again. Let's get the Eubank fight on. I can't believe it, man. I feel really sad, in all fairness. Shouldn't really say that, should I? Got to be neutral. I do a little bit. He's been unbeaten for so long. Oh, I can't believe it. I'm going to break down. <laughs> it's all, it's all, let's end the podcast. I'm out. I'll catch you guys at the Patreon for exclusive content throughout the week. We'll catch you guys at Boxing King Media, where my interviews will go up and where I'm about to record the uh, Wingy Boxing High, Wingy Boxing Headliners show. Catch me at Instagram, Wingy Boxing. Wingy Box on Twitter, Wingy Box on across all your social media. And I'll see you guys for the podcast next week. And remember, go and tell your friends, Wingy Boxing Bites podcast. I'll see you later. I mean, the footwork, a lot of glided around that ring, hitting him with jabs at will, touching him, explosive with it. It was like shades of Arlene, the way he was moving, moving, moving.